0: Hi, I'm Van Pappas, private CFO and certified financial planner with Oxygen Financial. And this is the Mind Over Money show where we come to you every Thursday with some great education on trying to help you put yourself in a better financial position. This week, I got five roadblocks to financial success. We're going to go over those five roadblocks and hopefully it'll help you Uh, understand a little bit better on what to be focusing on. So let's just jump into it. What are the five roadblocks to financial success? But before we get into that, some of you have asked me, well, Van, you know, we see you online, we're connected with you on LinkedIn and Facebook and all the other uh, channels but you know, how much do we really know about you? So I thought I'd take one slide just to give you an overview. I don't do this too often. I try not to, to be selly or preachy and that's not what I'm doing here, but I wanted to give you some background on who I am and who Oxygen Financial is so you can understand where this education is coming from. So we're an independently owned financial services firm. We do financial planning for individuals, for businesses. Uh, we have all kinds of different services um, and we are the first people to establish a new role in that relationship between clients. And that's the private CFO role. You're, you're the CEO of your household. We want to be your CFO. That's what I want to do is be your chief financial officer for your household. Uh, we have 17 of us in the firm. Uh, We have six offices spread across the country and 21 staff members, and collectively between all 17 of us, we're managing over 4,000 clients and $2.2 billion in assets under management. So by no means are we the Merrill Lynch's of the world, but uh, we're, we're pretty good for a small independent firm. Um, I personally have got 23 years of independent planner um, experience, and I am a certified financial planner. So enough about me, enough about oxygen. Let's get into what those five roadblocks are. And the first thing I tell people is you got to understand the pattern. You know, what challenges are you facing with your finances? Well, if you don't know the pattern that you're looking for, then you'll never be successful. And so um, hopefully, some of these roadblocks will help you think about what patterns you're getting into, and obviously, you can reach out to me if you want to better understand that concept. But the first one, the first roadblock is inflation. We've been talking about it for a year now, right? Inflation shot up. It's come back down. They're still not happy with where it's at. Um you know, I'm not sure that they're going to get to a 2% inflation. Uh, It's hovering around 4% right now. Um, but you know, one of the things that we have to understand is how inflation affects us. Right. And so I'm using this example of the cost of a stamp. Now I, I've been around since 1980. I sent a letter in 1980 using a 15 cent stamp, but as you can see, the cost of a stamp has gone up. Well, what does that mean? Well, Um, there's an error down at the bottom. I just know that's actually uh, 43 years, not 37 years. Um, Sorry about that. But um, that 15 cents to 60 cents over 43 years is actually a 3.28% increase. That's how much your cost of stamp is. That's pretty common. 3% is a nice round number. Um, In this case, 3.2%. So it's good to understand there is inflation. We've seen it, right? Now, how does that affect us, right? How does uh, inflation affect our savings? Now, if you had $10,000 in a savings account, and most savings accounts are paying next to nothing, money market, yes. If you got a money market, you might be earning a little bit more. And if you are only earning 1% on your cash, you definitely need to reach out to me, but um, or, or your financial planner and find a way to earn a little bit more. But let's just for this example, say you're only earning 1% on your savings account. You earn $100 after one year. Well, depending on what tax bracket you're in, you could be paying 33% both federal and state, right? You know, 20-something for your federal. In Georgia here, we're another 6%. Depending on your state and federal tax bracket, you might be losing $33 just to taxes, right? So now that $100 is not $100, it's only $67. You end the year with $10,067. But if inflation's at 3%, that's $300. Your purchasing power is now less than what your original $10,000 was. You basically lost $233, right? You've got to make sure that whatever you're doing, investment-wise, savings-wise, that your money is, is keeping pace with inflation. Roadblock number two, taxes, all right? We just showed in the previous slide how taxes affect you. And there are four methods for tax savings, right? You got tax deferral, tax exemption, tax credits, tax shelters. I'm not a CPA, but I know taxes really well. I'm not gonna sit here and go through each of those Talk with your CPA or your financial planner. What I do want to talk about, though, is the difference between tax preparation and tax planning, right? A lot of people are like, yeah, I can do taxes. I do your tax return. But they don't do any tax planning. And that's an important part of this roadblock. You've got to plan out. Don't just wait until April to do your taxes. Start talking about them in October, November. Make sure there's nothing you need to do before the end of the year to take advantage of mitigating that tax liability. All right. No one's saying break the rules by no means. You know, I follow the rules, but we want to look for ways to mitigate through some kind of tax planning. You've seen this chart. This is also part of robot number two. All right, this is my tax triangle. And I think I showed this to you in one of the previous streams. You can go back uh, online and and look for that if you want. I had a whole session just on this, Uh, but it's an important part because what people forget is down here in the bottom right corner. That's where everyone seems to live. They have a job. They contribute to their company 401k or retirement plan or they've got an IRA and they sit with the majority of their money down in that bottom quarter, what they forget is when they get to retirement and they start pulling money out, it's 100% taxable. So this tax triangle shows you really need to have a balance with your money, all right? You need not just money in the bottom right corner in your 401k, but you need money in after-tax, or what we call non-qualified money, buying stocks and bonds and putting money in the savings account, so that when you need money for retirement income, you're not pulling it all out of your 401k at 100% tax. You are able to pull from these other two corners. Uh, And of course, if you can put any money in the top corner, that's advisable. A lot of people get phased out from contributing to a Roth IRA because their incomes are too high. But anything you can do in the top corner will be a huge help. Why? Because if you do it right, you pay zero taxes on it. Now, roadblock number three. People ask me about investments, right? And it's shocking how much they do not know about their own investments, even their 401k. I was just speaking with a client this week who wasn't quite sure what was in their 401k account. Do you know how many stocks make up the Dow Jones Industrial Average or the S&P or the NASDAQ? A lot of people don't know these. And frankly, maybe you don't need to know these. That's what you hire someone like me to do. The answer, by the way, to that first question is 30. Um, Do you have a risk mitigation strategy in place? All right. So I have investments, but how do I reduce that risk? Am I diversified amongst different asset classes, different sectors? You know, you've got to mitigate that risk with some kind of strategy. And a lot of people don't always act their age. I end up with people who come to me who are 65, 70 years old and are taking a lot of risk. You know, find the right buckets, depending on your age. If you're young, you might be able to take a lot more risk. But as you age, we wanna make sure that that risk is being reduced because you don't have the same kind of time frame that a 20 year old has. Um, also, you've heard me talk about this, the word retirement. I hate the word retirement. I wanna retire the word retirement, right? Um, making work optional. I like that personally because I'm in a job where I'll probably work, you know, Who knows? Into my 70s, maybe. Um, But to to be able to retire that word, you have to set yourself up in a certain situation. You have to be able to say, okay, if I'm going to make work optional, I need to be able to know that I have enough money to be able to do that. You know, you hear the commercials. What's your number? Right. What they're talking about is how big of a number do you need to be able to retire? And sometimes it's not necessarily about what's your number, but what kind of guaranteed income streams you have coming to you. You know, it used to be back in the day, pen, everyone had a pension, right? Their employer was going to guarantee them X amount. There's still people with pensions, government workers, teachers, you know, a few uh, high, you know, highly valued executives. But for the most part, pensions have gone away, all right? That's that security piece. So I've created this GPS system, stands for growth, paycheck, and security. We need some growth. We need to replace our paycheck. When we get to retirement, if we don't have money that we can replace that paycheck from, then we gotta keep working. And security, secure. We know social security's got issues, but what other guaranteed income streams can you create? right what other sources of income can you create creating the appropriate income streams is important to retiring the word retirement now roadblock number 4 cash flow this is a tough one because no one really gets it right they get their paycheck they start paying bills and they have fun and they get to the end of the month and they're like where did all the money go Why are we always asking ourselves where all the money goes, right? We have to make sure that we understand what we're spending our money on. We have to make sure that we adopt something you've heard me talk about before, that pay yourself first rule. If you've never heard me talk about it before, basically it's simple. You have to pay yourself first. What does that mean? Well, I have a goal. I want to stop working by X date. Well, all I have to do is figure out how much money I need to do that. So when I get my paycheck, I carve that out first. I pay myself first for that that goal. Now it doesn't have to be retirement. It can be any goal. Hey, I need a new car in five years. Hey, I need to send my kids to college in 18 years when, when they turn 18. Whatever the goal is, carve that from your paycheck first. Then pay all your bills. When you get to the end of the month, you're either gonna be positive or negative, right? If you're positive, great. Go out and have a good time. You've got extra money. You don't need to worry about it. You already paid yourself first for your goals, so you know you're going to achieve your goals. If you're negative, well, what do you have to do? You have to look at your expenses and say, is there any expenses that I can cut out? I need to look at my budget and say, what can I cut? Do I have, you heard me on this show a couple of weeks ago talking about streaming services and how much they cost and how we have, a bunch of streaming services that maybe we don't use. Look at your, your budget and your bills and say, can I cut anything out so that I don't go negative at the end of the month? If you can't, if you've trimmed all the fat and there's nothing left in that pig to, to, to carve off, then you have to reassess your goal and say, I just can't retire by the age of 55. I'm gonna have to work longer because I can't put as much into that goal. I'm a big fan of out of sight, out of mind. If you set up a systematic savings plan that's automatic, I have a client that basically pulls it directly out of their paycheck into their investment account. That way it never hits their checking account. They never have to worry about spending that money. They paid their self first before they even got their paycheck. It's a great strategy if you can do it. <clears throat> a profit and loss statement will help you immensely, all right? um if you don't know how to create a profit and loss statement it's basically taking all the money you receive in income you your spouse any other sources of income that you have and then subtracting all your expenses and then you can see what the bottom line is a lot of people need help with this there's plenty of online tools that you can use you know account aggregators and whatnot Uh, Some of your credit cards might offer you or your bank accounts might offer you services like this. And if you still need help, reach out to me, reach out to your financial planner, and uh, they should be able to help you create a profit and loss statement. So, you know where the money's going and what you're spending it on. All right. Last roadblock, And then I'll let you go for the day. Procrastination. All right. This is a big one. We all do it. I do it. We procrastinate. You know, we have something on our list of to do's. You know, my wife has a whole list of things she wants me to do around the house. And somehow all of a sudden a month goes by and I haven't done them. Right. I procrastinate. That happens a lot financially. Right. The number one reason why uh, individuals are not financially independent is because they procrastinate. They say, oh, well, I'll focus on that next week. I want to do this. Uh, There's a new show out I want to watch. My kids have all these things that I want to go do with them. And no one's telling you not to do all those things, but you got to carve out time today. Today, do not procrastinate. If you need a financial advisor, go reach out to one today, not next week, not next month. If you need to create a profit and loss statement, do it tonight. All right. You're at work right now, probably at lunch watching this. When you get home tonight, go ahead and start breaking out. Say, honey, I'm going into this room, spreading out all the documents, and I'm gonna create a, a profit and loss statement so we can see where we're at. So procrastination is robot number five. I hope these five robots have helped you. If you need additional assistance, shoot some comments and I'll answer them uh, below. And uh, we'll see you next week for another Mind Over Money.